Hi, listeners. I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts, community leaders, and local stakeholders to raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about the Cobb Collaborative's focus areas. Today, we are delighted to welcome one of our very own, our program manager, Kaylee Rollerson, to our show. Kaylee, welcome. And um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your work at the Collaborative? You oversee our mental health and our literacy programs, but tell us a little bit more about yourself before we dive into that. Yeah, absolutely. And let me just say, I am excited to be here with you all. Fun fact, this is my very first podcast. So where else would I want my first podcast to take place other than with the collaborative? So I have your radio career begins right here. (laughs) Yes. Listen, if I make it big one day, I will attribute it back to this moment. Um, But yeah, I'll start off uh, sharing a little bit of um, about myself professionally, and then a few um, personal things. Um, I attended Kennesaw State University. I got a degree in human services with a concentration in nonprofit management, uh, volunteered and interned at various uh, nonprofits along the way. Um, after graduation, I uh, took on a career um, in Cartersville, which is my hometown. I'm at a family resource center um, and then eventually found my way here to the collaborative. Um, and I'm coming up on two years now, which is yes. crazy to think about. Um, mm-hmm. Time flies when you're having fun, right? Yes. Um, so it's just been a wonderful journey. I've learned so much through my time here. Um, a little bit personal information. Um, like I said, I, my hometown is Cartersville. I have a little girl who is six. She's in kindergarten and she is just uh, the joy and the light of my life. Um, She's also the youngest member of the collaborative workforce. If you all don't know, if if you're not in the nonprofit uh, career, um, if you ever find yourself there one day, your whole family will also be um, voluntold to be on staff. Okay. Um, it's just part of it. Um, and a few hobbies. I love to read. I love to write poetry. Um, poetry has been a big part of, um, my own healing journey, um, and just an outlet for me to create and express. Um, and I love finding local bookshops and local coffee shops, um, anywhere and everywhere I go. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you, Kaylee. While I knew most of that about you already. It's always great to hear um, some other things. I did not realize until just about a week or so ago about your your true love for poetry and how that is a literacy form that, uh, um, you know, may not be as prevalent as it once was, right? We don't seem to venerate poets like we used to. So thank you for keeping that tradition alive. <laughs> and you're right. I cannot believe it's been almost two years. Um, time flies We are having fun, but man, we are extremely busy um, at the collaborative. So as, as you well know, in your role as our program director. So thank you again, Kaylee, for all that you've done and also specifically today for joining us on the show. Well, let's dive in. We have really been able to grow under your leadership, our Mind Your Mind mental health awareness campaign quite a bit over the past two years. 
And can you tell us why you feel that this initiative is so important to our community? Absolutely. Uh, Irene, I mean, the stats speak for themselves. Um, When we look at the U.S., nearly 50 million adults um, experienced a mental illness in 2019. Well, we all know what happened in 2020. Um, (laughs) Here comes a pandemic that has, I'm sure, exasperated um, issues that were already there. Mm -hmm. Um, We see that over 60% of youth with major depression, they are not receiving treatment. Um, And we see that suicide is now the second leading cause of death in the U.S. for people between 10, um, which is hard to even say, grasp, um, between 10 and 34. Um, And I'm sure you could spout off um, some stats of your own. Um, But just those few, I think, show the seriousness and the gravity of the situation. And as a local collaborative, we have a unique role. And with that role comes responsibility um, in and to our community. Um, And because of the nature of our role, we're able to collaborate with so many different uh, facets of our community. Um, And one goal of of this collaboration and these collective partnerships should be to meet the critical needs of our community, uh, one of which is mental health. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned our, our collaborative nature, our partnerships, and that's, you know, I think both you and I pride ourselves on our willingness and our effort to meet people where they are. And so that might be through their faith community, that might be through where their children are being educated, that might be uh, in a community setting or a public health setting. And so that's why it does take that uh, rather holistic community-wide public health approach. I mean, mental health is part of our overall health, right? We say it all the time. So, Absolutely. and I know, I know what you mean about um, the suicide rates among children and young adults as mothers ourselves. That is a painful statistic. And, you know, we know behind every statistic there is, a family, mm-hmm. um, a grieving family, right? Absolutely. Um, and while these statistics are painful to face, um, we have to, we have to, to step into that for us to see change throughout um, our community. And it's going to take all of us. Absolutely. Um, so I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for um, all of our partnerships that we have across mm-hmm. Cobb. Yeah. Ditto. So one of the ways that we um, reduce stigma and I think um, raise awareness and promote resiliency is through a program that you have been trained in, the Community Resilience Model, or CRIM, the acronym that we use. And this is something that has really been growing in popularity, um, particularly as people might face barriers to accessing, accessing mental health supports. Um, Not everybody needs necessarily a psychiatrist, psychologist, or a therapist, but they do need support, you know, just like we maintain healthy lifestyles in terms of our eating habits, our exercise habits. Um, CRIM can be that kind of healthy way of life um, for those of us who are practicing good mental health, right? So can you give us an introduction to CRIM? Uh, what the purposes are, and what can people expect when they attend one of our CRIM classes? 
Of course, I would be happy to. Um, some brief background about CRIM. Um, it can be attributed to the Trauma Resource Institute um, and its co-founder, Elaine miller Karras. Um, and so it was initially birthed after Elaine spent time in Thailand following a natural disaster, uh, working with nurses and first responders to support the community in the midst of what they had just experienced. Um, so the vision behind it was to create this short-term biological intervention that can be easily accessed by any of us. And so I would encourage you, if you are interested, to go and read um, a more in-depth history on that. But for today's purposes, um, I think what's important to share is um, that CRIM is going to focus on the biology of the human nervous system. So as humans, we all have a nervous system and we all have a nervous system that experiences dysregulation from time to time. Um, whether through traumatic experiences or just um, as stressors that come at us throughout mm -hmm. the day, we can experience that dysregulation. And so Krim will dive into what that looks like, what that feels like. Um, we've heard a lot of talk about emotions and feelings, and these things are important, but there is a biological component to that, um, physical sensations that we will feel in our body when those things occur. So you'll hear Krim talk about being in the high zone, being in the low zone, and being in our resilient zone. So our resilient zone, this is the place where we are balanced, our nervous system is regulated, um, being in the high zone, this is where we may experience um, anxiety, um, angry outbursts, things, what we may feel in our body when that happens, uh, mm -hmm. tight chest, fast heart rate, perspiration. Um, and we can also experience being in the low zone. This is where we bottom out. We may um, experience things like depression. We may mm -hmm. feel fatigue. We may feel this numbness, this apathy where we've kind of shut down. Um, and so what we want to normalize is that all of us can and will at some point experience this dysregulation. Um, the issue is when we get in that high zone or get in that low zone and we can't find our way back into the resilient zone. Mm -hmm. So that's a brief overview. Um, and so the CRIM is comprised of a set of wellness skills, some tools that we can keep in our toolbox um, so that when we experience that dysregulation, we can be empowered to utilize one of these skills to help regulate ourselves um, and then over time help us respond to things that come at us versus react to them mm -hmm. um, in that initial moment. Um, and yeah. so it's very empowering. It's skills-based. Um, we'll work on these skills um, throughout the training um, should you come. And depending on what length of training you come to will determine what all we dive in on. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have a longer training that will allow for participants to really um, practice these skills hands-on. And we also have an introductory option um, should you need something shorter for yourself, for your staff, or your organization. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to guess with a set of wellness skills, Kaylee, that some people might naturally gravitate towards one or two and an, another one on there, but maybe like, oh, there's no way I could do that. But that one may be very appropriate for another person. And is that why there's a, a menu of uh, skill sets to choose from? Absolutely. And 
just, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. We all have things that are going to work better or best for us individually. And we really want to capitalize on that. And so what works well for one person may not work well for another. And that is okay. You can mm-hmm. shift to a different skill. Um, so there, um, there's our basic three um, known as tracking. This one um, will coincide with all of our other skills. And what tracking means is just being able to read our nervous system, understand mm-hmm. where we're at. Are we regulated or are we dysregulated? Are mm-hmm. we feeling up high? Or are we feeling down low? It's just that ability to be in tune with what's happening. Um, and mm-hmm. then from there, we can pull in our other skills. So resourcing and grounding are, are going to be part of that basic three. Okay. Uh, and then we have some other supporting skills. I will say in the training, we spend a lot of time on our basic three mm-hmm. and our and our help now. Okay, absolutely. And you have brought this to um, everybody from middle schoolers on up to some senior citizens. I mean, you said it, it's, we all have a nervous system. So really this is appropriate training for anyone with a nervous system, which means you're, you're here on this earth with us, right? Absolutely. And that's what we love about this model. I mean, it's so universal. Um, it can be tailored to, really any group of people, because we all have a nervous system. That is one thing Mm -hmm. that we all have in common. Um, (laughs) And we can all um, learn skills to help stabilize our nervous system and give us confidence and um, make us feel empowered and really build that resilience. And so, yes, we've introduced it to middle schoolers. I have um, utilized some of the skills with my daughter, um, Mm -hmm over the last couple of years and Mm -hmm. then all the way up to senior citizens. So there is something for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of that, Kaylee, recently you have begun promoting CRIM in the workplace, which may be a sector that the nonprofit sector doesn't do as much programming with. We may look at uh, workplaces, businesses, small businesses, large businesses for um, volunteers, for in-kind support, maybe for sponsorships. But this is an opportunity to bring something of value to business owners or managers um, as a resource for their workforce, right? And uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that and what your goals are there? Yeah, so we know with work, this is where we are spending a significant part of our lives, right? If we work full time, we're spending at least 40 hours a week there. And for um, many people, it's more than that. Um, And so this is a significant part of our lives. Um, And while we know that there are certain levels of stress that can be beneficial, right? It can give us that push to meet that deadline, Um, There are levels of stress um, that can become overwhelming and can have negative consequences. Um, And this affects a person's um, ability to show up as their best selves in in their working environment. Um, If we've bottomed out, we may struggle with completing our tasks. Um, If we're up in the high zone and we may experience irritability or those angry outbursts affecting our relationships with our coworkers. And so this is something that um, we see being really beneficial to um, businesses and the workforce as a whole. 
Um, and we see it having a lot of um, positive effects when introduced to staff. Um, when we have that ability to manage our stress, to regulate our nervous system so we can get back in balance, um, this is going to improve our relationships with others. It may boost our motivation. We can have better task management, um, boost our creativity. I mean, um, and then overall, hopefully um, improve staff retention. If people are feeling healthy and whole in mm -hmm. their workplace, they're more likely to stay. Yeah, absolutely. So as you were talking, I was thinking about the importance of helping your employees, helping your team stay in their resilience zone so that they can be um, productive, which certainly helps businesses, but that also so that they can feel good about the work that they are generating. And, you know, as we think about students, maybe they need to be in their resilient zone to be able to master new content um, and new concepts and be able to, um, that their body is regulated so that their brain is open to, um, to new content and mastering new skills. Absolutely. And not to segue too much, I don't want to derail us, but we even see that in our youngest learners, our little mm -hmm. ones, right? If they're experiencing this toxic stress and their bodies are dysregulated, they can't go into a classroom and learn. And, and that remains true for, for all of us throughout. Right. throughout yeah. Our life. So yeah, yeah, I'm so glad you pointed that out. Yeah. I mean, you are not your best parenting self if you are dysregulated. You are not your best um support for your, your partner or a sibling or a fa another family member um, when you yourself are not in your resilient zone. We just didn't know to call it that, did we? <laughs> so. And, you know, I love the name community resiliency model, but it, it really starts on the individual level. Yeah. And as each of us individually are able to um, have the capacity for resiliency, and we share this with others, um, this spreads throughout our community over time. It has a ripple effect and yeah. we experience um, then resiliency um, in this collective way that I believe can be really beautiful. Mm -hmm, definitely. So how can people learn more about CRIM, Kaylee, and how to bring it to their either their place of business, their faith community, um, their um, networking group, their association, maybe a sorority or something like that? How would they go about that? Well, if you are outside, um, far outside of Cobb, you can always look on the Trauma Resource Institute website. Um, but if you are in Cobb, in the metro or Atlanta area, um, then please feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can find information on our website. Under our mental health initiative, there is a mental health resource toolkit um, that has more information regarding the community resiliency model. You can also just send us an email, which hopefully my email will be in the show notes. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm email, so please feel free to reach out via email. Um, we are always happy to answer an email or jump on a call um, with you to figure out how we can best support you, your organization, your nonprofit, your faith community, whatever it may be. So um, don't hesitate to reach out to us. And we invite you to join us for one of our quarterly community-wide crims that Kaylee has scheduled throughout the year. In fact, there may be um, 
more frequent than quarterly. We will have in-person and virtual options, and we will put all of those dates in the show notes. And we want to thank the uh, Cobb County uh, Government ARPA grant process for allowing us to bring this much needed um, community resiliency model and overall mental health initiative to, uh, to our community. So Kaylee, as our time together draws to a close, what's one thing that we didn't talk about that we should have? Um, well, and, and we did hit on this, but this is something that I want to reiterate. Um, it takes all of us. If it isn't you struggling with mental health, it may be someone you love. Um, and if it isn't currently you or someone you love, it may be eventually um, and that's not to be a Debbie Downer, but this is the reality that life holds ups and downs for each one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes all of us coming together um, in empathy and understanding as a community to support our friends, neighbors, loved ones, um, and ourselves as well. Um, and I love what you said earlier, Irene, and it's um, I had the exact same thought. People are more than a st- statistic. Um, or a diagnosis, mm-hmm. or their current condition or circumstance. Um, they are human. They are a human being um, with a story um, whose life has been made up of a million moments and experiences mm-hmm. that we maybe haven't seen. Um, experiences that can range anywhere from joy to heartache. Yeah. So um, I want us to be able to see people in that light and in that way. Um, and if we do, I believe that it'll affect the way that, um, we interact with all the humans that we come into contact with. Um, it can be so easy, I think, to get caught up in our own, um, tasks and the frenzy of life. Um, but we never know the difference it may make to just linger with someone, um, and to see them and it may just give them hope to hang on Mm -hmm. a little longer. Um, and lastly, I'm just really grateful to be a part of a community that sees the importance of that. Um, and that has so many facets of the community working together to see things through this um, trauma-informed lens. Um, it gives me a lot of hope for um, the community of Cobb. Yeah, um, me too. And thank you so much for all of those points, Kaylee. I think um, each of them just so important and and you hit on so many important themes that we could truly have a whole separate podcast on. Um, so really appreciate you lifting that up. And you said something that I think is so important and I think um, CRIM really helps with is, and one of the school social workers that we work with a great deal has said this, that life is full of ups and downs. And the trick is to not get stuck in yes. when you're in you know, a down or really even a, um, a up phase, an unhealthy up. Right. Um, and so CRIM is a tool that can help you recognize that and then bring you back into that resilience zone that you, so that you can be your best self, best student, best parent. Um, however you define that. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, Kaylee Rollerson, program director of the Cobb Collaborative. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. It's been so much fun. I mean, I've, I've learned something about CRIM today, so I really appreciate you joining us and, and sharing your wisdom and knowledge and obvious passion for this subject with us. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me. Um, it is a joy, um, 
to do what we do, um, but we can't do it on our own. You know, um, I'm grateful for all of our partners and um, the community as a whole that um, is is also just so passionate about um, seeing families and children and COP thrive. So it's really a gift. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. And listeners, you are part of that community, that partnership network as well. So thank you for tuning in today. And to be sure that you don't miss any future episodes, please subscribe to our Mind Your Mind podcast. Also, we ask that you leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Please tune in next time as we continue to empower and engage our community through conversations about important and critical issues that we're dealing with. Until next time, please stay well. And remember, there is no health without mental health.